The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Good evening everyone and welcome to Back When with Scottish Danny and Ty Peters. I'm Scottish Danny and today we're going to be looking at the 1978 classic Halloween and with me to go into this is the great Ty Peters. How are you doing sir? I am doing great Danny and I can't wait to talk with you about this classic film Halloween. I'm, I'm so excited and it's appropriate because guess what it's going to be Halloween after the next weekend. I think it's a Monday night at least over here. Oh yeah definitely and uh, the, the kings I'll, I could call them at Chain Wrestling are doing a Halloween special um, that will be really really cool uh, on live on YouTube so I'm going to be tuning into that. I can't wait to hear that. Chain Wrestling does a, a lot of great work. And don't forget, you want to hear more of Danny, uh, check out Nitro Nights and all the great shows at SJP World Media Network. Uh, the great Sam Powell has a fantastic uh, variety of just wonderful shows, and Danny's all over that. I'm actually a part of it with Danny and uh, have joined uh, In the Corner with uh, Benny Max. So that's been exciting. So it, it's been a lot of fun, man. Yeah, I heard your uh, your rundown of Extreme Rules the other week there. How, how did you find it? I found it was uh, very refreshing. I, you guys are so talented. You made me feel comfortable. I was so thrilled. I, I mean, I get excited just like anyone else because I'm, I'm such a wrestling fan myself. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of good wrestling and other shows on, on the SJP network. So um, today uh, we're going to be looking at, as we said, 1978's classic Halloween. I just have to start off on the bat uh, quickly, Ty. When was the first time you saw this film? That's a great question. I can't recall the exact year, but I will tell you when I first viewed it, when uh, speaking of Halloween, the original from 1978, you mentioned it automatically had frightened me because here's this guy with a mask that we call him Michael Myers. And it's really fascinating. The story that director John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, that both of them wrote the screenplay. So it was very intriguing. You had Jamie Lee Curtis play Laurie Strode and the whole uh, family dynamic that we would find out later. And we'll, we'll go farther on into the story. It just definitely did its job. It horrified me. I, I was careful to not watch it alone at the house. It did its job. It made me think too much to where I didn't even want to go to the kitchen to get a snack. And maybe that was a good thing. Maybe Michael Myers needed to scare me away from uh, eating unnecessary foods. Uh, I could 100% agree with that as well with, with myself, as um, especially back then as well. I mean, uh, I first watched this film, I would say, somewhere in the mid-90s, so I was very, very young. <laughs> and um, I just remember the scene where um, Laurie Stroud just uh, tries to tear his mask off in the cupboard, and that was the first time I'd seen any anything of this film. But um, we'll get into that. Um, well, as I was doing some research for this, I just I was actually I was shocked that um, 
this film only took 17 to 20 days to make. I was absolutely, what do you think about that? That is astounding to me that it only took that amount of time, which is very short because most films take months to yeah. make, maybe even years to do to the production part of me. And to know that that stat, that they, it only took them that long to make Halloween is just uh, very compelling. I, I did not realize that. So thank you for educating not only me, but our audience. Yeah, I mean, that, that just blew my mind because it was like, yeah, as you say, te films take years. I'm sure the first uh, major Spider-Man film took about three years to make because of technology back then and things like that. But it was like, that just blew me away, 17. I mean, you could just, that's just shy of, that's not even three weeks, is it? I don't think so. I mean, that that's what is so remarkable that it only took them that allotted time frame. It's you don't hear of that even now in the modern times uh, when concerning filmmaking and production, like I, I spoke about prior. Yeah, definitely, mate, definitely. And then uh, the other thing that jumped out at me when researching this is this: the original title was actually called "The Babysitter Murders." Right. That is, uh, uh, I mean, that is that grabs you, doesn't it? When you uh, see a headline like that, like a title, you're like, "Wow, that actually sounds actually more interesting than Halloween." But thankfully, um, Halloween has definitely just lived up to its age. I mean, this could be called a blueprint in many aspects. Oh, it could be. It's definitely the plan that a lot of horror movies have followed uh, since then. Yeah. As uh, used the uh, you taught you said it perfectly. The blueprint that uh, John Carpenter laid out for the Michael Myers creation, and uh, that's the thing about it. The babysitter murders. Was that what you were saying? It yeah. was originally called. Yeah, that grabs you. That's a headline, but I couldn't uh, think of any other title than Halloween. But it, you don't. Uh, really go back to ponder about the what ifs, the other uh, titles that a lot of films got before they actually were revealed to be what we know them as today. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, you could say why I say blueprint is because all throughout the 80s and 90s, we had similar types of characters like you had um, My Bloody Valentine, if you remember that film. Um, I do remember. I'm, I'm not sure that, uh, and I don't mean to cut you off. I'm not sure no. that I've watched it though. Oh yeah, yeah. That is a very, very similar format to um, the original Halloween of like a big masked killer with a iconic weapon, and then that also got a remake in 2009 as well. Um, and this, but we'd see a lot of these similar types of films. But before Halloween, there wasn't too many of these types of films, were there? No, there was not. That's what made it so. Uh, ahead of its time uh, yeah. why it was so ingenious and to be fair danny uh doing some of the research myself and uh you, you do so much uh just phenomenal homework uh credit to you uh but going back to halloween what we're discussing uh the thing about it was you didn't see a lot of films like this and it was not very popular in the beginning yeah, uh, John Carpenter was kind of laughed at, I think, in, in some aspects, but he proved everybody wrong, his critics, because look at it today. The franchise has Halloween ends. I mean, they've updated it. He got back involved, which yeah. I think was a big deal. And Jamie Lee Curtis. And uh, we're still talking about Michael Myers. There's still people you mentioned the mask. A lot of kids nowadays going trick or treating have that same mask and a little trivia. I don't know if you, you knew yeah. this and you probably did because you're very intelligent, but William Shatner. The Star Trek mask, that was the inspiration for the Michael Myers mask, what they call the shape in the film. 
Yeah, I'd heard about that somewhere in the past, and it was like, wow. Like actually, when you put the images side by side, it's you can clearly see they just took a copy of um, his face and then just put it on this mask, can't you? <laughs> yeah, and it made it creepy. Who knew that yeah. uh, Captain Kirk's face would uh, end up being so iconic thanks to uh, Carpenter's vision and Deborah Hill and, and his whole team. I, I want to give them their just due. Yeah. And, of course, the amazing cast. But this revolutionized the way we view the horror slash uh, uh, slasher film. Uh, yeah. You know, the whole genre, it just uh, reinvigorated a lot of interest and it got that cult following later on. And like us, we were fans later. It took a, yeah. um, decades afterwards before we uh, fully enjoyed or appreciated this masterpiece. Definitely agree. That's a great point, mate, because in 2007, they had their first remake, which uh, was directed by Rob Zombie. And Correct. a controversial opinion, that is my favorite version of all the Halloween films because that had, um, have you seen it first? I have not watched it. I've, I've heard a lot of different reviews on it. I know it's going to be, uh, in all fairness and respect to Rob Zombie, his own take on Halloween, but I, I have heard people that have seen it that say it does do a, a pretty good job of the background. Yes. More of the story that maybe we're a carpenter with all due respect. I'm going to use that word again. Uh, left out a little bit where he kind of skipped and I get it skipped to the point a little yeah. more in the original film. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the first hour of that is, is completely, um, dedicated to the, uh, backstory and character development of a child, uh, Michael Myers, which I found was just way more interesting, but not to, not to, um, criticize any of the other films because, um, but that's just my personal favorite. And then they had a, a spin-off from that series, which Rob Zombie um, created um, in 2009. And that was actually really cool as well. But it, uh, it just didn't, it's not the same as the original though. That's the only problem. I think that's the, uh, the issue. Everybody's going to compare uh, whether fair or not. And uh, Carpenter was uh, not uh, too uh, kind when complimenting zombie. I, I've heard an interview. So that, yeah itself was uh very uh interesting and i don't know i to be honest i've not got to uh watch any of the rob zombie uh recreations of halloween but it's all opinions it's all yeah. subjective if you will so i'm gonna hold back my any critiques because uh i just think man that's a lot of hard work it would take a lot of uh know-how and intellect to get into any kind of genre, and especially when you're talking horror, suspense, uh, mystery like Halloween entails. Great point made, mate. So um, getting back to the original, um, I was absolutely blown away here by the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis was only paid $8,000 for her role in this film. And then I compared it to what she was paid in the 2018 remake. And do you want to have a guess how much she was paid in 2018? Educate me, because the, these are so, uh, you know, intriguing. I mean, it, it boggles the mind. It really does. So original $8,000, which in 1978 was still a lot of money. But in 2018, 40 years after, she was paid $5 million for her appearance in Halloween, the remake. Five million compared to you know that thousands of dollars, and you said the number uh, that is uh, amazing to think about how different you know back then it was 
so much money, but compared to today in parallels, it's nothing. It, it really yeah. is just minor to the uh, to what the millions of dollars. And here's a fun fact. I, I love the trivial stuff that we're bringing up too, because I think in in case of there's listeners, probably fans of the franchise that don't know this, and a lot of them. I realized too that Jamie Lee Curtis is second generation uh, actress. Her mother was Janet Lee from the uh, Alfred Hitchcock film Psycho. She was oh, an wow. original screen queen, yes. And Tony Curtis, who was a, a legendary actor, was her father. So oh. Jamie Lee Curtis comes from a, a long lineage, at least uh, from those two, her parents. And uh, yeah, so it's it's in her genes to scream, to be afraid. Yeah, that's uh, blowing my mind. I mean, that is shocking. I didn't know that she was second generation. Yeah, for sure. I got to admit, I had to do my research. I I didn't know that for the longest time, but that's what's so neat about going back, revisiting, uh, rather reviewing these type of uh, motion pictures. Definitely. I mean, Leah would be um, classed as maybe the first um, Scream Queen ever because didn't Psycho come out in the 60s? I believe so. If not the 60s, maybe even the 50s, but at Mm. least the 60s, if not. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they made a remake of that as well, which was really cool. It had um, Vince Vaughn in it. I don't know if you've seen that. I haven't seen the remake of it. Uh, And wasn't another actor that was in it, Christian Bell? Oh, I think he was. Yeah, yeah. And, And briefly in the scene, I believe he was. Yeah, and he's a, a guy from the UK, a, a very talented actor. We know uh, Mr. Bell's career has taken off, and that was one of the the films that everybody still references as his uh, performance in Psycho was so uh, mm. convincing. I mean, he he played that part very well. Yes, definitely. He's such a great actor. And another controversial opinion, he's, he's the best Batman of uh, our generation. I don't know if you agree with that, um, Ty. <laughs> I think it's a, a valid point. I don't know whether I agree with it, but I, I can, uh, I'm not going to give you a <laughs> counter argument because you're, you're just such a nice guy, Danny. So oh, I keep you, it cordial. <laughs> I mean, we're here having fun. So yeah, I wasn't going to say, well, you know, Michael Keaton's up there a little bit, but no, he is, he is. Oh, uh, that's a valid point as well, but maybe we could yeah, do I'm that. I'm with you. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, just really just um what do you think about the opening scene where um they're driving through the um insane asylum i think if an opening scene grips you yeah where it's dr loomis with the nurse and they are driving like you are relaying that information to that medical facility that's for the insane no disrespect to people with mental issues it's just what it was it was part of the film let me clarify and to see that that scene where the hand of Michael Myers, before he even gets the mask on, he hits the glass of the window mm. and then, you know, shocks him and scares him. And to be honest, uh, I've got to credit a family member, my uncle. Everybody seems or have a or excuse me, has a tendency to blame Dr. Samuel uh, or excuse me, Sam Loomis, who was played by another legendary UK actor from England, Donald Pleasance, who yep. made the movie to me or, or all the films, actually. Uh they were always quick to blame him and he had to take responsibility was, and it was the other doctors. It wasn't always yeah. his fault. So that was all, that was interesting that he uh, brought that to my attention. I know I'm, I'm sounding redundant using no, the no. word interesting, but I, I can't help it. That's a natural thing that, that comes to mind when we're 
we're piecing together what all developed throughout the storyline, the, the plot, essentially. So I thought that was a great scene. And uh, I mean, that's the way it kind of scares you. you. You know, this guy means business. There's that history. And we'll we'll talk about it more in Haddingfield, Illinois, a fictional town. But it made you buy into it because it looked like small town America in the Midwest. Yeah. And here comes this crazy man who's got a family connection. He's got a purpose. And he's coming back for revenge, essentially, on the people that put him there in that facility, that mental asylum. Definitely, mate. And with the um, remake, um, it, what I find is why I like it so much is you see why he was in that asylum. And um, But then again, if you look at the original, you see, you don't see, you, your mind just wanders and your imagination just runs wild. And you say, why is he in there? But we... we um, we get that because uh, it's kind of like he's trying to escape, and then he just, as you as you put it brilliantly, he's just after revenge, isn't he? He is, and uh, I think it's uh, brilliantly uh, is a great word analogy to borrow from there, Danny. Uh, you're so on point because the whole Lori Strode story, she was adopted. She didn't realize that her and Michael Myers were actually brother and sister. And he was going to be coming for her because he had killed his sister. What was it? The timeline 15 years before. And uh, that's the thing. And to see, you know, the girls, you know, of course, that was back in school. And still now they flirt with all the boys. You know, it it was that time period. And they were just showing you, hey, they weren't so innocent. Okay, they were they were back in school. But to see how those scenes were set up so perfectly. For yeah. what what uh, Tommy Doyle would call the boogeyman, which is perfect because here's this unknown guy wearing this mask and he he drives around. He's in the shrubs. He's in the bushes in a lot of places where a lot of mystery happens. We we think, oh, we're going to hear a dog, a cat or see a person. But he's not really known just to be a person. He's he's thought of to be more supernatural. Even Carpenter kind of described the premise for Michael Myers. Yeah, that is a great point as well, mate, because um I struggled with that uh, part of it with because I had grown up in with the 90s versions and the 2000s versions and they had eliminated uh, the majority of that um, supernatural element so and they tried to make it a bit more realistic except on number two in 2009 they added um, probably too much uh, supernatural element at the end but um, I had only recently seen Halloween Kills have you seen that one? I have seen Halloween Kills. I have not. Uh, I have yet to uh, see the uh, Halloween ends. Yeah. I must say uh, I was more pleased with the original uh, update, not from 78. Uh, of course, we all love that one. But uh, the 2018 release was actually very good. Halloween Kills yeah. has its moments, but I was rather disappointed at uh, the way the story kind of went because it got a little yes. confusing. Yeah, a hundred percent. I watched just that. for me, um, not for everybody, but no, no, no. I was just going to say that as well. Um, great point, mate. Because I remember watching that uh, my sister's house, and I was, I was like, at the end of it, when all the townspeople had killed him, and then he came back alive and killed all of them. I just, it just felt kind of cheap. It was like, oh, this isn't realistic at all. Especially if you grew up on the ones where it was more like he was a human being rather than this um, supernatural being, isn't it? Yeah, he was actually more of that that real life monster, even though he was a person, an individual. He had yeah. got this reputation and had survived so much, like any killer, that he was going to return. You just knew you could kill him, so it's going to be very uh, 
fascinating. I'll, I'll just use that word again for oh, how yeah. they're they're going to do Halloween ends because I've heard yeah. mixed reviews on it. Yeah, definitely. I've heard those reviews. And luckily, I haven't seen it either, so I won't be spoiling anything for you. <laughs> but Well, uh, I haven't either. No, brilliant. That's good, because uh, I'll be watching that at some point, uh, probably this month or next month. But um, yeah, so I mean, do you believe the rumours that this will be the final ever Halloween film, uh, the one that's come out just now? I think it may be the final one featuring Michael Myers and uh, Laurie Strode and Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis. Is, uh, but I think they can take it like they did with uh, the uh, third film, The Season of the Witch, even though I, I understand it had nothing to do with Michael Myers and people were scratching their heads. But yeah. I was talking to a guy the other night uh, through a chat, and uh, we, you know, he brought up a great point. I'll go back. That he said, standing alone, it, it really should have been its own kind of Halloween franchise. And then it made yeah. more sense for three to kind of go to the the Shamrock storyline where it was people were blowing up. I've kind of gave it away for those who haven't watched, but maybe not listen. Uh, no, you do need to listen to the show, but there may be spoilers because that's part of it. Hello, my name is Sai, and I am one half of the hosting duo for a Quantum Leap podcast called The Waiting Room. I look back on Quantum Leap episode by episode with our good friend, Mr. Benny Mack. Benny, tell us about Quantum Leap, bud. It's an absolute cult of a classic show, and you should be watching it if you haven't. And also, there's obviously the brand new show that's come out recently, which we haven't quite touched upon yet, but we are going through the old episodes, and they are freaking amazing, and we are rating them uh, one leap at a time, Si. Exactly, mate. Exactly. So, if time travel, sci-fi, or even just a good bit of drama is in your wheelhouse, if that's your cup of tea, then check out The Waiting Room on SJP World Media out every other Friday, once a fortnight, on SJP World Media. Come leap with us. But going back to the film, Danny, uh, what I love about any good scary movie, even if it's an action film, is the music. And let's say that John Carpenter had composed this masterpiece of a composition. You've got the keyboards, you hear it on like piano two translated onto that instrument. You've got the sense. It's got this eeriness about it. You just know there's going to be imminent danger that Michael Myers is around the corner, that he's, he's getting ready to get on the prowl meaning attack. And John Carpenter, this, you know, depending on the scenes, the way the change and the momentum of the music, the whole structure was just fantastic. Oh, definitely, mate. That's fantastic because, um, I mean, it's something you don't really get these days because you had, um, I mean, it's something that could be noted for um, the 70s and 80s because you had the Exorcist music, you had Halloween's music, and you had the Texas Chainsaw Massacre's um, camera flash sound that when you hear them, your mind automatically goes back to the film and, more importantly, goes back to the horror that you saw. Oh, you're so correct. And also, I want to point out uh, some of the lines, and I'm kind of paraphrasing this, so forgive me. Uh, but what uh, Dr. Loomis said about Michael Myers in this first original inaugural film, uh, when talking about Halloween, I met him 15 years ago. I was told there was nothing left, no reason, no conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death of good and evil, right or wrong. And I'm going to skip that he met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face with the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I mean, that line, or those lines, excuse me, it's plural because there, there's multiple layers and context. That just grabs you. 
and yeah. Loomis could deliver. I mean, Pleasant's uh, performance is just off the charts. Oh, definitely, mate. I mean, that um, he deserves such a credit for that because um, in the, I think it was Halloween Kills, where they actually recreated a scene where he was uh, shooting Michael Myers. And then um, I thought that flashback was just excellent because um, we didn't see uh, a lot of it in the, uh, because did um, Donald Pleasance, I think he only starred in four of them or three, didn't he? He was in, uh, I think, all of them except uh, the third one. And then, of course, when they got to uh, H2O and then the uh, Resurrection, uh, he wasn't, of course, in those because he had passed away. But I think they were yeah. able to use, uh, via technology, his voice. And oh. they had a guy that looked like him that could act that part but still could use some of the original audio. Yeah, of, uh, that was in Pleasant's uh, voice. So, yeah, it was perfect. To what yeah, you that was say. in Halloween's Kills, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember watching that and thinking, wow, that just that's amazing how because they had shot it quite really like blurry eyed, so you didn't see uh, the man's face, the actor's face, excuse me. And yeah, yeah, so I think any time we get those flashbacks is pretty cool because Halloween has such a massive legacy to it dating back to this film. No, it does. I mean, wh what you're saying is on point. Halloween will live on uh, in these characters, not only Michael Myers, but Laurie Shrode, Jamie Lee Curtis's, even the ones that got murdered in the film. Uh, you know, we're talking about Linda. You've got Annie Brackett, all of them that were victims. Uh, the sheriff coming back for Halloween kills was neat. Uh, Lindsay Wallace, who was, uh, excuse me, no, that was, uh, I'm thinking of the girl, Lindsay Wallace. Uh, no, that was Lindsay Wallace. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was the original that came back. I thought maybe I misread that, so forgive me. I, I had to pause there for a little bit. No, but yeah, her, her coming so back. <laughs> yeah, there, there's so many. It's a wonderful cast, and even taking notes and, and using this for a reference, I have to kind of make sure I'm I'm on my spots here following the beats of the storyline. But there were so many scenes. I mean, we could bounce back and forth. It just They all stood out. And uh, you talked about uh, one of the scenes near the end where the mask is being taken off where she, Laurie Schrode is finding Michael Myers. Nick Castle played the shape, but actually here's some more trivia for everyone. Uh, Tony Moran, who was the brother to the, uh, the actress that played in happy days, Aaron Moran, I believe who's passed away. That was his face. So he actually played a role uh, playing Michael Myers, even though Nick Castle had did all the stunts because Nick Castle was involved with production and, and a new carpenter. And he got to do uh, some of the other, the newer Halloweens as we speak, but it wasn't always him. It was another actor. So th that's what I, I love, you know, doing all the uh, background too. like you, you do so well. And I hope I can add my, my two cents for what it's no. worth. No, you're doing fantastic, mate. This is I, that blew my mind as well. I had no idea about that because um, I I remember the scene. That was the first ever scene I, I remember, but I can't remember his face. So after this recording, I'm definitely going to go back and watch and just uh, see where he. Um, I mean, you said he passed on, didn't you? Well, uh, his sister did. I think he's still alive. The one that played in Happy Days passed on, sadly. Oh, I, yeah. I think I, I forget the year. I'd have to look it up. Lindsay Wallace, I think her name is Kyle Richards. She's almost got like a male name, but very attractive woman. And I didn't realize that's who played the young girl. And yeah. she has came back in Halloween Kills and this one, Halloween Ends. So it's really neat. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of uh, cool because it all 
ties in with the newer Halloweens. So that's why yes. people are probably wondering, well, I thought you were only going to talk about 78. Well, we could talk about Halloween too. We could talk about Halloween mm -hmm. four, you know, when he comes back, we can talk about the revenge of Michael Myers five. You could talk about six. It all makes sense because it all has to tie in and do with the main character, Michael Myers, except three. Yeah. The great point, mate, because um, I believe when the remake was coming out in 2018, they promised fans that they would have callbacks to every single previous Halloween film, and they did not disappoint. They even had um, a callback to the 2001 Halloween Resurrection. Um, have you seen that film? Halloween Resurrection? Yeah. Oh, that, that is a good film. I actually thought that they did well for Halloween yeah. Resurrection and also H2O was good. Yeah. Yeah. That, Where it was in the school. It, it was different. Yeah, definitely. And um, the fact that um, Jamie Lee Curtis was in both of them made it really cool as well, albeit she was only in the beginning of Resurrection for a quick death scene, but um, which kind of screws up the timeline, doesn't it, a little bit? <laughs> Uh, just a little bit, but that's the thing about Hollywood and movies in any country that make film. You know, the the whole point of her coming back to the franchise with the newer Halloweens, as we're uh, having the discussion, the conversation, rather, is that they were going to make sure that none of the other films happened except possibly the first mm. one, the original, because they were uh, trying to recreate what they had in the original, I believe. Yeah. So they, even though it, not saying you could forget those other films. I actually happen to like four and five. Yeah. To be honest, I thought they, they were pretty good. Yeah, I would agree with that, mate, because it's just, uh, as we were saying earlier, it's just a massive um, legacy behind it. I mean, just, uh, just merchandise everywhere. I mean, it's made so much money, and I'm happy that in 2022, it's just making uh, so much more money than it has before. I am as well. I've even got a Michael Myers t-shirt that I got for Christmas and uh, I wore it the other day. So I may have to wear it again. I, I think it'll be fitting for Monday just to wear it, even if I'm just here at the house, because I love the trigger treat and it, it's still fun. But I realize you get older. Uh, it's a little bit different and, and it's kind of sad in a way, but you understand it after a while. Yeah, it is. It is a sad thing, <laughs> but um that's what we're saying about Blueprint as well. Um, uh, one thing we've, we haven't talked about yet is Nick Castle. Um, I was reading earlier that he was uh, paid only $25 a day for his uh, part as Michael Myers because, he was, as you said earlier, he was um, just originally part of the production and that was it. So, and then um, somebody noticed him and said, oh, you're told enough, you can be Michael Myers in certain parts. And I think $25 a day, oh, I mean, just, just for that minimum 20 days maximum 20 days it's just quite shocking isn't it to be paid that to be paid 25 dollars and he gets to play back then nobody knew how iconic that character was going to be Michael yeah. Myers. but for nick castle to to say hey i'll i'll just you know 25 will do it and it'll <laughs> add up but it still compared to today is nothing I uh, hate yeah. to say it. That's no disrespect. It's just the way it is. It's reality. Yeah. Uh, shows you his character within the character. The guy uh, came through. He he did well. And uh, that's where everybody refers to. And there's been a lot of good stunt people or actors that's betrayed Mike Mars. I, I really like the new guy now. He's done a great job. Uh, yeah. But to see Nick Castle 
the admiration that even new directors that are with Carpenter, because I think Carpenter, they get a lot of different ideas from him. And mm-hmm. and Deborah Hill deserves a lot of the achievement to the accomplishment for being a, a teammate to that whole uh, staff that brought this to life. And it, it's still terrifying because even if I've got people here watching these type of movies, especially if I'm at the house alone, I'm like, okay, is there somebody in a mask coming out of the bushes? If the dogs go out, is there going to be some creepy tall guy that's just staring right at me? I mean, it, it does. It, it plays on your imagination. And it's just like when you're a kid, even as, as an adult, you just are in shock. I mean, it's just those images that this movie, every time I see it, it just scares me. I mean, just to make it basic, it just frightens me to my core because there was a scene in the kitchen. So I'm thinking if, if your house has those kind of tours, if you watch this film, you're going to think, Oh my gosh, try to turn on lights or light the doors. Cause you never know if that boogeyman's coming. And what about that scene? Cause we're, we're trying to recall everyone and that that's hard. That's very difficult. But when Tommy Doyle was getting picked on by the kids at school and he falls and lands in that pumpkin bust, that he had, and here comes uh, one of the kids runs into it when talking yeah. about Michael Myers, and he grabs him, and then the kid runs, and you just know business picked up because even the kid knew, mm-hmm. uh oh, maybe I should have left Tommy alone or, or ran away sooner because here's this big guy out of nowhere. I mean, just yeah, this shows you even in the age of well, not innocence at that moment because they, they were the ones uh, causing the problems between themselves and Tommy Doyle. But even that kind of thing, it's all psychology, actually. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of telling of uh, what we do, you know, the wrongs of even children in the, you know, the adolescent years of being teenagers. And that's what I, I found that's very uh, perplexing, but yet it it's relatable because we've all been through that kind of uh situation and to have uh, the way Michael Myers appeared in certain scenes, the car stops when the, the girls holler at it thinking it's one of the guys from school playing a prank. That was just clever things. Nuances uh, helped add a lot of uh, more mystery to the film. Perfectly said, mate. Nuances. Um, that scene is uh, has so many views on YouTube because I think that is, a, is probably I'd say in the top three uh, most uh, memorable moments of this film because that's something that they've tried to recreate over and over again in other films. But yeah, you can never be the original with that. But I was just uh, thinking about, um, as you were speaking there, I was thinking about Michael Myers um, in terms of height um, because I remember on, have you seen Freddy versus Jason? I have seen Freddy vs. Jason. Uh, definitely a wild movie, but what do you expect when you have those two in it? Yeah, definitely. Um, there was always these rumors going around throughout the uh, later half of the 2000s of uh, Michael Myers being um, introduced to it, and it was going to be like a triple threat. Um, but unfortunately, we didn't get to see that. But I was just going to ask you, if we had to do, if Hollywood had to do um, Michael Myers versus somebody for a film, who would you choose? That's a wonderful question. I'm trying to pick who I would have Michael Myers take on because we've already seen Jason and Freddie. So I I don't want to see that again. I want to give Michael Myers somebody new, somebody else. I don't know if Leatherface is the right person. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
I was trying to go there, but that that's kind of an odd. Well, all these people are out there, so uh, <laughs> it's actually a compliment uh, when when you uh, stop to comprehend what it all entails. Uh, you know, even researching these words is uh, is something else. Uh, but yeah. that's that's actually a very good question. I'm sitting here trying to think of my options. Uh, I said Leatherface already. What would make a, you know, this is where some wrestling booking could tie mm. in. How <laughs> would you have Michael Myers? You know, get him in a ring and. You know they they have to fight to the death because they're they're both evil people and that's what yeah. they do they kill so the hills <laughs> yeah so who would you there would be no baby faces it's all hills I mean oh no the hills uh, who would you have because I'm going to throw that back to you that that's a actually a very uh, good question I'm thinking just because of his weapon of the butcher knife I'm thinking to make it even for him I would choose probably Ghostface. Just because their weapons are quite I'll scream. I did yeah. not uh, put that together, but yeah, he's got the knife too. So we could just have the knife fight. They could, you know, they could still throw punches and uh, yeah. yeah, Ghostface versus Michael Myers. You still get Scream. You get Wes Craven taking on John Carpenter's characters. You could have mm -hmm. them maybe be in their corners. That would be neat. Of course, Wes Craven has sadly passed, so that wouldn't work. Yeah. But in the spirit of Wes Craven, have somebody from his family represent him. Yeah, and, uh, John Carpenter's, you know, you could have him and his family in one corner. That would be pretty neat. Yeah, I would like Look that. Look at it. Uh, thank yeah, you, that's mate. That's a big marquee. Yeah, Michael Myers versus uh, Ghostface. I'm just wondering how many stars Dave Meltzer will give it. I don't know how many stars he would give it. I would give it about uh, definitely more than 10. I'd probably even give it 100. Yeah. It depends I mean, on, it, it, yeah, it depends, though. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would love to see that. Um, Michael Myers versus Ghostface and I mean there's just so many other uh, iconic horror characters you've got Harry Warden from My Bloody Valentine and you've got Chucky of course and I mean just it's just a sh it's just a shame we just kind of got Freddy versus Jason and then that was it back to remakes with horror films we didn't get any continuations off of um of uh, films like that, or that face-offs, which I'm massively into. Not even uh, Reagan from The Exorcist even got a a, a fight. No, that's very true, and I, I think it's due, Danny, to how profitable the the story ended up. I think it's one of those things where maybe the audience only wanted to see it one time, or it, they were testing mm. the waters, and it had its moments, but maybe it got a little bit too out there, and it sometimes that can challenge your creativity with a horror yeah. movie. Well, you've got two iconic characters like Jason and Freddie. We're talking about another one in Michael Myers. And you've mentioned a lot. You've, you've got the list going there, which is, is all very, uh, just, uh, fascinating to, uh, mm. to, you know, think about. So, uh, you know, I, I think it all goes back to that point. It's just, uh, they ran into that kind of problem. I think having, when you have too many good actors in a film, yeah. so you could use that, that analogy, even with, uh, you know, the, the horror characters you're speaking of. Yeah, definitely. Man. It's, it's just, it's like, um, a lot of people like that's what I was saying before that question I asked you was, um, the height of, uh, Michael Myers is like something that's always been debated on because, um, in the, uh, 70s, 80s, 90s. It it really this only really started becoming, I would say, an issue or a problem in the 2000s, was when fans expected the horror characters to be 
six ten, six eleven, um, <laughs> and uh, so that out of that, uh, Kane Hodder lost his um, right as Jason, his right to play Jason in two thousand three's Freddy versus Jason because he wasn't tall enough, and they get, got somebody else in. And uh, I remember there was being massive uh, backlash over fans saying, "Oh, he's he's." Uh, we want Kane Hodder back. We want Kane Hodder back. We don't care about this guy it, because this guy was just a stunt man anyway. But um, that's going back to Halloween. Is um, I love the fact that they brought back Nick Castle, and they didn't go with one of the new uh, actors who, like somebody who would play on um, Resurrection or something like that. Just the actors like that, just because of their height. It's nice to see that they go back to the originals, no matter how old Nick Castle might be. I, I thought it was uh, very appropriate. Now I, I do like the new guy that's in it too yeah. with him, uh, and and everything. He he does a, a great job as Michael Myers. But it is a, a nice uh, homage to have Nick Castle. Mm. A lot of the returning uh, cast. That's what we got in Halloween Kills. We're getting a little bit of it. Those who survived, yeah, uh, for Halloween ends. Uh, so it, it's all uh, coming full circle now. And uh, that's what makes everybody wondering how are they going to end this thing or what kind of twists and turns and swerves do we have like yes. any movie. And uh, we definitely got it back in the late 70s with Halloween, the original. And it, it like you said, it laid out the uh, the groundwork, the foundation for what they could do with the characters uh, later on in, in films that would follow sequels and or remakes, yeah. what have you. Uh, and some remakes actually could be better at, or do just as well. And to me, I thought the 2018 one of Halloween uh, did a great job because you, you you can do more probably gore and everything compared to what you could do in, in 78. But for me, it, it's all about story as well. I think yeah. that's just as uh, as freaky as some of the kills. And Definitely. I know they're necessary, but to me, that adds that uh, not only supernatural, but there's so much of the unknown of what these uh, these girls or whoever it is that's going to be the victim and, you know, who was involved in what scenario and how yeah. that all correlates to me is is what really draws up the picture in my mind to what makes a great movie. Absolutely, mate. That's greatly said. And it's like, um, as we just kind of winded down, I was just going to ask you, do you think Halloween could have a Netflix series in the future? Uh, anything's possible. I mean, look at Chucky, even though that's not on Netflix, it's on uh, what USA, uh, I believe it is, or yeah. maybe sci-fi, one of those. So that's part of those networks under NBC Universal. Uh, and it's doing very well. So, hey, who knows? We might could see a Halloween series. Uh, for me, I actually would uh, prefer that staying just in movies, being the franchise. I, I don't know that yeah. how I feel about it being a series. Yeah, that's a great point because we've had Exorcist have their um, television show and it just didn't go well. Scream, kind of the same story. It, just, it had a minimal success, but then they kind of just ruined it. Um, and I feel that's how I feel as well. It's like I'd just rather they stick to the movies because at least they won't overstretch the characters, which is something they did do in the Exorcist TV uh, series. Um, Chucky, I think there was... I don't remember. I know there's currently playing, but wasn't there a TV series of Chucky before? There might have been. Uh, it's quite plausible mm. that there was a um, 
a show about Chucky before this new uh, revamped version of Chucky that were yeah. you know a lot of fans are enjoying now that that like that film enjoyed it. Uh, but for me, sometimes with these kind of uh, characters, the storylines uh, based on these films, you can overexpose a mm. lot of things, and, I, and that's the fear I would have for like if you made Halloween a series. Yeah, that's a great point. I've exposed it would be scary because it's kind of like what um, they did with Scream. It was like after three series of that, it was like okay, um, you just introduced you, none of the characters from the from the original films or anything like that, and it was like they just went into a completely different um, direction rather than the films. And I, I feel I feel that that would happen with the uh, this. Halloween uh, franchise TV series, especially if it was on Netflix or something, there would just be a lot of viral moments and it wouldn't be sticking to what we're discussing here. I agree. And, and also too, another point, Danny, that I'll touch on just real briefly here is that it'll make a difference. Now, if you had a, a horror story based uh, just entirely on a TV show, then it would work. I feel mm. like, but if it's based off a movie, that's the uh, difference. I'm, I'm trying to uh, draw comparisons with. No, that's fantastic as well, mate. But yeah, I mean, uh, there's not much more we can say, really. I mean, this was just. I mean, we I covered the, it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I guess the final question I want to ask you, Ty, is um, what do you think Michael Myers' legacy will be, and what do you think the um, Halloween legacy will be in the future? Uh, first, the Michael Myers legacy, we're not going to get a killer like that. We'll get a lot of imitations because he'll inspire that like any great story, not just good story, but uh, iconic story will have. And that all you know, will relate to Halloween's legacy. Uh, we're not going to get movies uh, that will tell an effective story. Yeah, it'll ha it'll have to be the opposite if it if it's still in that genre of horror or suspense mystery, you know, it's got all those intangibles. There will just never be another like it. And that's going back to just how creative and how expressive in his creativity was the director, John Carpenter, these, this cast with Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, Dr. Uh, Sam Loomis, Donald Pleasance, going back to the older films and also Deborah Hill and, and this whole uh, team that he had, and Nick Castle and everybody, they uh, they pitched in, and even some of the original characters. That's why nostalgia is so big for everyone because yeah, we connect with uh, those people that portrayed these uh, memorable and legendary roles. Yeah, that's brilliantly said, mate. Because that um, this nostalgia aspect is the reason why. There's so, there's going to be sold out uh, movie theaters and cinemas all over the world, um, all the way through Halloween is because people will remember and, and new people will uh, cling on to and be like, oh, Michael Myers, that looks like such a cool film, just like we did. I mean, uh, it was like we wasn't around for 1978, so <laughs> like we grew up in the. Um, era of like remakes of Halloween continuations and things like that. And just as you were saying earlier, it was like you, you're gripped by this. And I was definitely gripped by um, Halloween in that scene where Laurie Strode was trying to rip off Michael Myers mask. But yeah, I, I was too. And when you said that, uh, you know, my goosebumps, the, the hairs on my arms and neck, literally when you say certain scenes, that's when you know a film mm. was effective because if you can feel it, emotionally mentally and visualize it without even seeing the movie then yeah. it has uh 
it's done its job, which Definitely. means it, it has uh, scared you to the core to where inside you're feeling it in your spirit. I mean, not just within yourself. I mean, you are within yourself in a sense, but I, I mean, and it gets you in a lot of different ways, I guess. Let me reword it there. No, definitely, mate. You, I completely understand. And it's like, um, yeah, it's the, I guess that's what it will be the legacy of because it's like um, when you think Halloween, you automatically think Michael Myers and things like that. And I'm sure there will be a lot of people dressed up as Michael Myers this year for Halloween. For oh, um, I'm sure yeah. there will be. Yeah, because it's hit the mainstream big time and it's always good to see. But yeah, I mean, uh, that's going to kind of bring us to a close. And um, thanks for discussing this with me, Ty. This has been absolutely brilliant talking to you about Halloween. Oh, you're very welcome. And I always enjoy getting to uh, talk with you, Danny, whether it's about, you know, SummerSlam 88 or or Quiet Rides, uh, Metal Health or Halloween from 1978. And and I can't wait to see what we're going to discuss next. That's what's great about these shows. We, we don't know until a lot of the times it gets closer to time, but we do try to do our research the best we can and just being honest with the listeners. And hey, we know your fans too, because if you're interested in loving what we're doing, and thanks to our great mutual friend, Sai Pal, for producing and, and making sure we've got a way to do this uh, these shows. That way we're still pumping out content. Hey, and we've got t-shirts, by the way. Oh, I, yeah. I, I mean, they are doing fantastic, aren't they? There's, the designs on that are just brilliant. I saw they a are. of you in, in one. It was just fantastic. It, it helped me look better. I mean, and, and that's, <laughs> uh, I, I need all the help I can get. So I, I got a back wind shirt that uh, I'll tell you, it helped a lot of the ladies, you know, in my dreams, at least. They were saying, ooh, what's this design? It, it may have been a Halloween fan. I, I might be glad uh, she didn't ask me out because she could have been, you know, well, I'll, I'll leave that alone. But uh, anyways, <laughs> it's a great shirt. I try to be a, a comedian, but seriously, great, uh, great merchandise and, and support the network, SJP and, and Danny, too, with all his podcasts. And Danny, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Oh, thank you, Matt. It's been brilliant chatting to you. I'm just wondering, where can people find you on uh, the Internet? Well, people can find me at Dustin Tyler 86 on Twitter. No offense, but that's um, more active as far as, you know, articles and podcasts, you know, sharing links. It's not that I don't do them on my personal Facebook or Instagram. Uh, you'll, you'll see that a lot, but that's where you can find me, you know, more active doing other stuff is mainly on Twitter. That's at Dustin Tyler 86. I'll repeat it again in case people need to know, you know, that's always a good thing to do. No, definitely, mate. And you can find me on Twitter at Scottish Juggalo. You can hear me on One Man's Meat Podcast with the great Chris Bellis. You can hear me on Nitro Nights with the great Cy Powell. And you can hear me here next month with the great Ty Peters, where we'll be discussing another nostalgia trip. And I'm looking forward to seeing where we'll be where we'll be going next. Yeah, me as well. I appreciate that, Danny. And uh, I finally got Juggalo right. I'm, I'm glad yes. <laughs> that, that it wasn't the other. Uh, so you'll have to correct me. That was the running joke for that first episode. I, yeah. I listened back and laughed at myself. I'm like, Danny was like, oh, my gosh. Tyler, <laughs> you know, getting me tickled. That's not what I no. meant. That's not my nickname. What's he talking about? No, no, that was funny stuff. It's good. Um, this is our but we have time. fun, yeah. Yeah, definitely, mate. This is our third show, and I'm looking forward to doing more with you, mate. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you uh, next month. We'll be talking about something else. <laughs> <laughs>